I mean, we already know because they've cast him for this season. We already know that we're going to see Moff Gideon. We're going to see Ahsoka. We're going to see maybe Boba Fett. Probably not. Um, it depends. I, I would say they're going to, they, you know, he was popular enough that they're going to have to show him for something. But anyway, I, I think there's a lot a going on the Mandalorian too. I think, I think he'll come at the very end. I think it'll be like the last episode, the next last episode with Moff. I think there's going to be a big, like, you know, coming to Jesus moment between uh, Mando and Moff. Well, uh, there's a, and it's legends. So I don't know if that's what they're leading towards, but there's a thing where Moff Gideon wants to be the ruler of Mandalore. That's why he originally had the dark saber to start with. Um, and you know, maybe he's going to try to take it by force. I don't know. Um, but we also know that Moff Gideon at this time was probably working for Thrawn too. Which I mean, you're you're not excited about Thrawn, but um, he he's he's very he's one of the for me he's one of the best characters that came out of Star Wars, and it oddly enough it came out of one of the animated shows. But yeah, the, but it's based off of a, a series of books. There's actually the author has written I don't know like six or seven books about Thrawn. Okay. Um, the first ones were uh, way back when. Star Wars wasn't owned by Disney, and then he redid them again after Disney so he could get them back into canon or whatever. But anyway, um, he's he's a very uh, he's billed as a very cunning statistician. Stat, uh, yeah, something like that. Um, you know, he's able to think uh, multiple games ahead of everybody else, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah strategic fella there you go anyway um let's uh let's push some buttons here and get started welcome to the rebel alliance briefing room podcast we are here to podcast about anything and everything star wars with you please visit our website where you can play current and past episodes that's https colon backslash backslash R-A-B-R KyleDrickinson.us That's R-A-B-R dot K-A-I-L-E J-O-H-A-N-S-E-N dot U-S On the left hand side is a navigation menu. You can use this to learn how to load the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room podcast on your Android or Apple phone and tablet. And we have direct links to our podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts. Please participate by connecting to our social media, answering questions of the week, or submitting feedback directly from the site. Again, all of these are available at the Rebel Alliance Preacher Room website at r-a-b-r-k-a-i-l-e-j-o-h-a-n-s-e-n dot u-s. And now, I'm John Johansson, and this is Andrew Scott Sutton. Say hello. Hello. Of course, Andrew's working hard today, um, or hardly working, whatever you want to say. And we've got uh, Rick again today. So uh, it's just me and Rick today. 
And today we're going to be reviewing um, The Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 13. I believe they said Pabu in this episode um, was was the name of the island and everything they went to. Um, and we're going to get started right off from, with some news. And the news is mostly about these uh, these transport vehicles that we've been talking about. Uh, it's time for the news. That was too short. Didn't have enough time to share my screen. <laughs> share sound. Okay. Here's my so so this is a this is one of them that's um we 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 probably haven't seen it um in a, a movie or anything but it's a uh, it's called a uh, um urban assault tripped transport you can see it's got two legs but then it's got this claw thing mm-hmm. um and it was more of a uh, they would sometimes use the claw to stabilize but they would also use it to um you know, grab things, uh, you know, maybe crush a building with it or something. Um, maybe grab a, grab a person, maybe. Yeah, move stuff out of the way. Um, it was a first order walker. Um, and you can see the colors are a little darker and everything, meaning it's um, yep. got heavier armor. Um, it's got these weird uh, tendons sticking out the back of it, but that's at the bottom of the feet there. Um, and it was, uh, of course, called a UA-TT, um, Central, uh, it says it dates back to the Clone Wars, but I don't, I've never seen one of these, um, with a claw on it like that. Um, First Order deployed them, um, they used them a lot because they were smaller and, uh, not as, you know, heavy as the huge ones that they would use all the time. And it says uh, the first order used them during thirty-five after the Battle of Yavin, which um, is even past our timeline in uh, you know the Mandalorian and stuff. It's past that. And as an example, um, the height is only six point five two meters tall, um, so not quite as tall as the other ones. The other ones are like twenty-five feet or something like that, yeah. or meters. I'm sorry. Um, length is ten meters. Maximum speed, uh, 90 kilometers per hour, which, I, I mean, that's doesn't seem realistic, but not with those awkward awkward legs, but, um, and it normally would only hold one crew person. Um, being that it was called a, a transport, there was room for, you know, cargo and stuff, or maybe, uh, you know, passengers or whatever, but not much. Because um, you, as you can see, uh, the uh, length is only 10 meters uh, long, which doesn't mean for very much space there. Um, it had uh, air-cooled repeater cannons, chin-mounted double laser cannons, and heavy blaster cannons. And we can see that big, huge, heavy blaster one um, sticking out up here in the picture. Um, but that's one of them. Um, it says it was used by the Galactic Republic. Which uh, you know was before the um, empire started. That's what they called it. Was the Galactic Republic, and then it was uh, the New Republic. You know, after uh, uh, Return of the Jedi. Um, so there's one. There's another one here that's uh, similar, but it's uh, it actually has three legs instead of a claw. 
and it has a huge cannon here. You can see it, and there's another cannon on top. Um, and it's called the uh, All-Terrain Attack Pod. Pew, pew. Um, sniper Tank is what they call what they nicknamed it. Um, like I said, you can see uh, three feet, two big uh, feet in the back, and one in the front for probably probably just for stabilization when they were using the cannon. Because um, I'm pretty sure that probably has a good kickback. We'll probably got a pretty good range. Um, length is 15 meters. Height is 10 meters, so it's about the same height. Um, it's a little slower, 60 kilometers per hour. Um, ventral heavy, heavy repeating blaster. Uh, dorsal mini, medium laser cannon and a heavy mass driver cannon. Which I would assume is that that big one, probably mass driver. That's a that's pretty much a looks like a tank with uh, an extra cannon on top there. But um, and this one took uh, three people. Um, there was a pilot and two gunners because um, it was heavily weaponized. Um, and this was used by. Uh, pretty much everybody. It was used by the Galactic Republic, the Grand Army of the Republic, which is what we had with uh, Clone Wars, is what they called it. Um, Galactic Empire, Imperial Army, the Alliance uh, used it. So both sides used this type this type of vehicle. Um, and I can see why it's. It looks like it's pretty heavy duty. Um, not much else there about it. Self-propelled ar artillery walker uh, is what they called it sometimes also. Nicknamed, like I said, the sniper tank. Yeah, we got one more that's a little bit kinda bigger. Like, it kind of looks like, uh, let's see, was it Empire Strikes Back when they were on the snow planet? It yeah, Hoth. Kind of looks like that maybe, I, I don't know. I thought most of the walkers we saw, well, now we did see a, a couple two-legged walkers, but most of them were the big four-legs ones. Was um, that, right. What, or, uh, was, that, was it Hoth? Where they yeah, were the snow planet, was, snow planet was Hoth. Where they um, were, they, kind of, they were in the trenches and those like... Um, no, you're thinking of the newer movies then, so that's, uh, that's great. The Salt... No, no, it was no, all no. white, like this was snow, because it was the big, okay. it was the big four-legged, uh, four-legged ones. But they had some smaller ones that were advancing too. But yeah, I don't uh, know if I ever, and I, I noticed that there was a three-legged one. There, there could have been. I don't know if I noticed it though. Maybe it was two-legged. Um, I'm thinking of. Yeah, most of them, the ones I saw were two-leg or four-leg. Yeah, well, that but I could, I could be wrong. Too, so. Of course, you know, they would color them to match whatever. Yeah, here's here's the next one. It's a uh, it's called a all-terrain tactical enforcer. That thing's a big uh, badass beast. Yeah, it's got, it's like it's got four cannons right there in the front and then a big cannon on top. Yeah. It has one, two, three, six legs. Wow. Uh it's not manufactured by um, the uh, the uh, same place as the other ones. There were these other ones were manufactured at, you know, on that um, Kuat Drive yard, um, which 
is actually it's a it's a that's one of the names of the of their factories or whatever but it they had multiple planets that they built stuff on so yeah. anyway this one is different this is a get out of there quit it uh rothen heavy engineering huh. um costs quite a bit of money 300,000 credits uh, that thing yeah that's a beast there there it's uh might have been used by someone else. Okay, length twenty-two meters. Uh, the hull is only thirteen meters. Um, width was five meters. Height is ten meters. Um, and the hull and legs were five point seven meters. So it was they were short, squatty legs, but they were it's a pretty big vehicle for that that um, size. Uh, at uh, 20 mad 21 heavy laser cannon turrets or six of them and then um that big massive cannon on top i only saw four but i guess there could be six there one two three there's yeah there's some more somewhere else i don't see but um up to 20 passengers cargo capacity 40 tons jeez uh the troop transport. Yeah, could be. Could be. Could be uh um supplies. Could be uh it might be big enough to hold uh some weapons in there too. True. Maybe some small walkers. Um it uh, holds two all terrain reconnaissance transports, which uh actually we were gonna talk about next week. But they're, uh, I'll show you briefly, if it'll let me do it. I'll show you a picture of it. That. That thing's weird looking. There's your two-legged walker, but it's kind of weird looking. Let me zoom out a little bit so we're not multiple screens. It's uh, it's like an unarmored speed, or it's kind of like the unarmored at, at with a speed white, speed, uh, Speed pod handles. Yeah. Not very much room in there either. The thing's pretty small. Yeah, 2.9 meters long and uh, 4 meters tall. Has a lot of armory. One pilot. No passengers. Anyway. Um, I guess we could probably cross that one off the list too since I just talked about it. But, um, and I, and, you know, I... I Hope that there's more information about these things, but I this is all really I've been able to find about these these weapons like this. Um, yeah. There is like a, uh, a a book out there, um, like they do for all these kind of shows. Is they uh, you know have the specs and the you know the the drawings of the equipment and stuff. There's a book out there, um, but of course it's not free. Oh, here's another view of the thing. I can get this video out of the way. It's a front frontal view there. That's kind of scary looking, isn't it? It's kind of like a, a armored beetle. <laughs> exactly. So those uh, on those beetles pilots. Got, like something on the front. Well, yeah, which uh, which um, I'm going to mention it now but we're not talking about the Mandalorian, but 
when they were on that ship on the Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. that's the Mandalorian. There was a like um, robot armadillo that was in very, at the very front of the screen when they were uh, walking through some area. You know, probably made us to make us think it was like a rat or something, but it was a. It looked like an armadillo shell, and it had uh, yellow beady eyes. Anyway, um, so those are those. Do you have any questions about those uh, those vehicles? Like I said, yeah. there's not a lot about them. Um, yeah, this thing here says it could hold up to twenty clone troopers. Um, for you know transport. Uh, there's a lot more information here about this one. This was a uh, heavy. Heavily used by the Empire. Here's a side view of it again. Yeah. It looks like it's got like a uh, a joint there in the middle so it can kind of uh, turn a little bit better, maybe. Well, I only see four cannons on that one, too. Yeah, I've only seen four. Maybe the other two are in the back. We just uh, might not be able to see them. That's my only other guess. But every single, one, every single picture I've seen has only been four. Huh. Um. So I can only guess that it's because it appears four too. Yeah. This picture. Then you got the cannon on top. Um, dang advertisements! You can't really see anything on this side view either. Yeah, it just looks like four there too. Yeah, I I count four, unless they're little bitty ones, which I can kind of oh, see okay. something there, but maybe not. They don't pick out quite as. Yeah, quite as far. Um, all right, so that's that. Let's just end the news on that. The news. Stop sharing. Got to go back to share again and make sure my audio is there so you can hear my funny effects. All right, so spoiler alert. That's enough. Spoiler alert, we're going to talk about the episode, and if you haven't watched it, um, go watch it now, or you're going to be spoiled. So, um, director for this uh, Bad Batch episode um, was Stuart Lee. Writer was Amanda Rose Munoz. Um, the editor was Matt Michinovich. He's been the editor in all these so far. Um, cast, we had uh, Ray, Ray Perlman as Sid. Um, we had Fee again, um, Fee Genoa, uh, Wanda Sykes, um, Lance Crowder, uh, Mr. Innit was also, he knew also a villager was Sam Bloom, Sam, Steve Bloom. I said Sam, I don't know why. Um, we of course had Clone Force 99 in there with, uh, D. Bradley Baker. Omega, Michelle Yang, um, and then our two new characters that we saw, um, uh, Lanya Hazard was played by Andy Allo, and Shep Hazard was played by Imara Williams. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much all the cast that was going through. I don't know why I hadn't updated it all the way there, but we're going to do a commercial. Hey. You, over there. Are you a trooper? Is your armor always dirty? 
When do you find time to clean it? Did Rebel Scum scratch and damage it? Yes. Did your helmet communications keep acting up? No. Stop by Aaron's Armor Sparkalorium before okay. 1500 hours. We will wash clean and sanitize your armor for the next day pickup. Our patented galactically ancient secret cleaning techniques will have your armor sparkling just like a new Cerulean Y1300 freighter just off the assembly line. You will be the envy of all your friends and co-workers from the castles on Lothal to the politicians on Coruscant to the environmentalists on Endor. For your next day service, stop by Aaron's Armor Sparkalorium. We are located in Tatooine's Moss Isley Spaceport, directly across from Hangar 35. We will also repair and sell and sell most parts at the best rates in the known galaxy. All services guaranteed and licensed by the Emperor himself to last a lifetime only at Aaron's Armor Sparkalorium. Sparkalorium. Imperial credits only. Helmets and boots are services are extra. Oh, extra. Extra. Those are Don't tell them. anybody. Don't tell anybody it's extra. If you're really a <laughs> man at a discounted rate. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we can. Uh, Scared up some Jawas to help you out with some discounted equipment. You get the friend and family. Yeah, exactly. So uh, our episode again is the Bad Batch season two, episode thirteen, named Pablo, Pablo, Pabu. There we go. And it aired originally March fifteenth. It was twenty nine minutes long, um, and we're still in the eighteen uh, before the Battle of Yavin, which we were in last week. So that means it's time to grab your favorite beverage and pull up a chair and join us in the Rebel Alliance briefing room. Yay. Oh, cheers. All right. So we start out the episode at a cantina. Um, they're at a bar with a with an underage girl, Omega. Right. <laughs> yeah. Omega and Fee meet up with, with Lance Crowder. And his associates to purchase a tree-shaped artifact. Nothing which, bad is at a bar. Yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting because um, didn't we see this artifact in the last episode that Fee was in? Uh, she had a picture of it or something. I don't know. Or she mentioned something like she was looking for it. So maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, Crowder insists that they pay first. And Genoa insists checking that's not a knockoff. When Crowder notices Omega and asks if she works alone, Genoa explains that she is teaching Omega the art of negotiation. Crowder offers drinks, but Genoa refuses, dismissing it as a poison. Why would they poison her? Uh, Genoa says that he is impressed, but secretly releases a Kunhan under the table. And uh, we're supposed to believe um, I've read some other write-ups. We're supposed to believe that Kunhan is the same thing that was released um, uh, you know, what was that? Revenge of the Sith when uh, they put it, the, the droid put it in the window through uh, um, what's her name's Padme's bedroom. Remember? Yeah. Those little yeah. slithery things. We're supposed yeah. to believe that this is the same type of thing. Okay. Um, 
and they're they're supposed to be uh, highly poisonous. Uh, dang, I don't know why it's doing this. My browser, since I zoomed in, every page I open up is 300%. Yeah, so it says uh, Kunans are also known as uh, Imindu Kunas. Uh, were small multi-leg anthropods from the jungle planet of Umandu that were able to deliver deadly venom to their victims. Uh, as the venom was typically lethal, they were sometimes em- employed by assassins to kill their targets. So, that's the history of that. Um, Hunter no. senses something. He's like, oh, something's going on. My uh, spidey senses are tingling. My and... Blood. <laughs> My clone senses, yeah. Uh, Omega responds that, that Genoa is not a pirate, and but a liberator of ancient wonders when uh, Lance calls her a pirate. Uh, Genoa agrees with Hunter, well, agrees while Hunter plays a game of Sabak um, with Bith, which is one of the people in the bar. He grabs... Uh, he grabs Biff's hand um, before he reaches for a, for a card because um, he, he sees that Biff is cheating, I guess. Um, and seconds before the Kunan can pierce uh, Genoa's neck, he throws his knife and impales the uh, creature against the wall. Dun, dun, dun. Crowder's Hel- Hamilton henchmen raise their blasters at Hunter. How dare you stop me from killing somebody? How dare you? Nothing bad could happen. No. Uh, Crowder thinks that he has the upper hand, but Genoa reveals that Hunter is not the, the sole muscle. Uh, Wrecker fights and takes out several of Crowder's henchmen, triggering a gunfight. Omega joins the gunfight and fires her energy bow at Crowder and his men. She grabs the artifact and shoots down the hanging ceiling lamp over Crowder. Uh, meanwhile, Tech is playing a game with himself. Oh. While Gonky serves as the board, uh, Hunter requests a pickup, and Tech readies the Marauder. Uh, Gen- Genoa and the clones escape by using smoke bombs to disorient Crowder and his gang. They escape the cantina and flee aboard the Marauder. Crowder's henchmen pursue, but they are unable to bring down the Marauder while traveling through hyperspace. Uh, Omega and Wrecker describe the heist as a, a successful mission. Uh, Genoa is impressed with Omega, while Hunter says that, that her training is paying off. Genoa suggests that Omega needs to learn other skills apart from being a soldier to mix with friends her own age who are not also her genetic profile. Uh, she's hanging out with clones too much. Tech says that he does not see an issue with that. Why, what's wrong with hanging out with the other clones? I don't get it. Uh, just then, um, the Bad Batch receive a transmission. Um, and it's a message from Sid, who complains that their absences past 20 cycles that has cost her a few scores. She reminds them of their mutually beneficial arrangement and that she knows their secrets. Genoa remarks that the clones had not been, had not mentioned cutting ties with Sid. Hunter, Hunter describes their arrangement with Sid as not being mutual, mutually beneficial. 
Uh, Genoa agrees and describes Sid as a useful ally, but not as someone they want to cross. Uh-oh. Whoops. That could be bad. Uh, since the Bad Batch lack a plan of what to do next, Genoa takes the lead and convinces the clones to travel to a, a new set of coordinates. The Bad Batch arrive in an idyllic terrestrial world with oceans and forests and fly the marauder to an island called Pabu. Pabu. Genoa describes Pabu as a hidden sanctuary and takes the clones to the Archeum, uh, a repository for treasures from all over the galaxy. Uh, Genoa plans to deposit their liber liberated artifact there. Um, Tech informs her that his scans indicate that the artifact has little monetary value, uh, but Genoa can test that it has all value. It, it's not all the value um, that's monetary. Uh, she explains that the villagers in Pabu are refugees, and many of their artifacts are remnants of their cultures. Genoa is greeted by a dark-skinned human man named Shep Hazard, the mayor of Pabu, who is accompanied by his daughter, Lana Hazard. Uh, and Lana addresses Genoa as Auntie Fee. Auntie Fee, Auntie Fee. So <laughs> glad to see you. Uh, Genoa gives the green tree artifact uh, Gives her the green tree artifact before introducing them. She introduces Hazard and Lana to the Bad Batch. And Lana tells Omega that Genoa has never brought friends before. Leading Lana to assume that she must like the clones. Oh, shit, they must like uh, Genoa invites the clones to attend a feast. Promising that there will be lots of food and celebration. I think that's where... Uh, Wrecker says, oh, I like this place. Lots of food. I've been hungry. Uh, while Genoa puts away the artifact, she and the clones accompany Mayor Hazard and Lana on a walk of the island city, which is built by the sea. Lana takes a liking to Omega and invites her to see the city up close. Hazard explains that the upper Pabu is the oldest part of the island. As they grew over years, they expanded over the wall onto Lower Pabu. Um, Hazard is greeted by an elderly resident uh, named Mr. Inetta, who tells the mayor that Sari and Micah are doing well. Oh, yeah, that's the elderly guy. I, I didn't even think about that. Uh, when Wrecker asks if Hazard knows everyone here, Hazard describes it as a community, a community and a family. He invites the Bad Batch to his home where they encounter uh, several Samayan Munoz, which I think that's a food. Nope, those are those little monkey things. Um, Munoz are creatures that inhabit the uh, island of Pabu. Uh, yep, that's all it says. Little monkey creatures. Monkeys. Monkeys. Um, Lana says that the elders... Say the Munoz lived here before the before Pabu was settled. Omega plays with one of the menus and laughs, prompting Tech to remark that he has hasn't heard Omega laugh like that in a long time. Aw. That's so sweet. Hunter yeah, asks yeah. Hazard uh, to explain that Pabu is home to refugees fleeing uh, the war and other conflicts. 
Uh oh. Um, Hunter is says he's worried about the Galactic Empire showing up, and Hazard uh, says that the Empire would have no interest in a remote island with limited resources, but adds that they will try to manage. Hazard tells Hunter that many come to Pabu to start afresh with a clean slate. Believing Hunter to, Hunter to be Omega's father, he thinks that Pabu would be a great place to raise a child, and Genoa asks Hunter to consider staying on Pabu permanently. Which, uh, they shouldn't really do that, because they know that uh, no matter what they do, the Empire's going to find them. Going to track them down. Well, I think they all have, you know, GPS chips in them. Yeah. That, that show their location. Um, unless they remove those when they remove the the uh, inhibitor chip. But I've always heard that the chip is like in their neck or something. Their back of their neck. Yeah. Um, while Omega and Atlanta play with the Munoz, uh, Genoa, Genoa opinion, uh, tells the Bad Batch uh, that they will benefit from stability. Later, the clones, Genoa and Hazard, share a feast of rolls. Uh, Lana invites Omega out for a boat ride. Uh-oh. And Hunter tells her to have fun. Go ahead. Yeah. Have fun. After the children depart... What? Go ahead. They were going to go see the sunset. Yeah. Go out in the, on the water and see the sunset or something, right? All sunset, uh, middle, and on an island. Nothing. Not, not much. Experience. No, yeah. no. All right. Wrecker tells Hunter that he is full. <laughs> I've never felt full before. So I think is what he said. Yeah. Tech describes the feast as a memorable date. Hazard serves his guests with a platter of fruits, prompting Wrecker to remark that he loves Pabu. I love this place. He's not full anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He found one. Always have room for dessert. Always got room for dessert. Yeah. So at the wharf, uh, Lana leads Omega aboard a motorized boat uh, and they sail into the sunset. Oh, that's like a romantic thing or something, huh? Uh, Omega enjoys the breeze. She's like, ah, let it blow through my hair. Through my hair. Uh, yeah, whoa. <laughs> uh,. She explain, explains that she spent most of her life surrounded by the ocean, um, but tells her um, it was nothing like this. Omega tells Lana that she left her home because of the Empire. When Lana says that she and her friends can stay as long as they want, Omega explains that they never stay someplace very long. Lana asks if she gets lonely, prompting Omega to reply that she never really thought about it. Hmm. Well, she's got her brothers, I guess, so they keep her company. Yep. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, back them. They don't have any downtime, so they're always constantly on the go. Pretty much. I mean, that's how they... That's their MO, right? That's how they operate. Yep. yep. Back at the Hazard home, Genoa introduces the Bad Batch to the Pabu Sunset. The city's lights come on at night, lighting up the island. The clones drink a beverage as the sun sets. 
Genoa senses that Hunter is tense and warns that he warns that something is coming as the ground begins to shake. Uh oh, earthquake! Meanwhile, Lana and Omega sense the tremor at sea and begin their return to Pabu. Uh, Hunter contacts Omega via comlink. Says, "Hey, hey, what's up?" Omega, Omega. Uh, tells them to return to shore as soon as possible. Hazard reassures her guest that it's that it's a small tremor, but before long they experience another larger tremor. Uh oh, that's not good. This is where they start talking about a tsunami and uh, waters receding and stuff. Tech warns that Pabu is vulnerable to a sea surge. Hazard responds that they do not have the experience, haven't experienced a sea surge for more than three decades. Just then, the island's hazard warning system comes to life. Uh-oh. As the ground and buildings begin shaking again. Uh, the residents take shelter. Tex advises Hazard to evac evacuate Lower Pabu since the tide is receding. Uh, when Hazard reminds them that Omega and Lana are out on the water, Hunter says that he will set uh, out on the, sh on the marauder um, and to evacuate them. And the other clones help with evacuating the residents to higher ground. Uh, meanwhile, Lena and Omega's boat is pulled out to sea by the waves. They're getting receded with the tide also. Uh, the two jump before their boat collides with the rock formation. Uh, elsewhere, Hazard works with the clones and Genoa to evacuate the residents of Lower Pabu to higher ground. Omega and Lan Lana land on top of a rock formation. Omega wakes Lana up. Uh, she thought for a moment there she wasn't going to wake up, too. Thought. She's like, Lana, Lana, wake up. Uh, though the tide was... She was just faking it, right? Though the tide has receded, the two-spot the giant wave approaching the island. Omega contacts Hunter, who tells her to keep her locator on that he is on the way, and the the, uh, the waters receded enough that they are able to run across the ground um, to Pabu. Um, with residents fleeting up the stairs, Tech warns that there there will not be enough time to evacuate everyone. Genoa proposes lowering the rescue ladders uh, to enable more people to evacuate. He and Genoa use the grappling cable to reach the top of the battlements. Since the mechanisms for the ladders are rusted, they have to manually release them. Uh, this enables more citizens to climb up to safety. Uh, Wrecker and ha Hazard also find Mr. Intra, who is with the former caring of the elderly man, to safety. Uh, Hunter departs the Marauder and flies towards the sea uh, to rescue Omega and Lana. Omega encourages Lana to run. Hunter flies above them and uses the retractable line to evacuate them before the ocean waves catch up with them. Rector, Rector carries the old man um, up, up a rescue ladder with a mayor hazard following him. The ocean waves sweep through the lower Pabu, engulfing the city. After depositing uh, the old man, Rector pulls hazard to safety before the waves hit the, the ladder. Uh, Omega and Lana wave from the Marauder. Hey, Rekker, what's up? 
<laughs> the ocean waves devastate much of Lower Pabu, and many residents are rendered homeless. As a result of the tsunami, Mayor Hazard is relieved that they managed to evacuate everyone to safety. Peck thinks that it will take several rotations to build, uh, rebuild Lower Pabu. Hazard responds that his people are resilient. Hunter offers to stay and help with the rebuilding of Lower Pabu, and Tech agrees. Uh, and as Hazard welcomes the Bad Batch uh, and their help, and we get credits. Da -da -da. Da -da. Yay! Show's over. They just gave the streets clean. That's all it was. <laughs> Problem. Well, you know, with uh, the Bad Batch, it'll probably go quicker too. But, um, you know, when they say rotations, that's that's rotations of the planet. So that's like a whole year, right? Well, yeah, but depending on how close they are to the sun, a rotation could be, you know, hours, days, weeks, months, years. It's know. true. It's true. Very true. I was gonna pull up something because I missed it. Was uh, Sid said twenty rotations? So you know, like, yeah, they've been gone for twenty rotations. Twenty days, twenty weeks. You know what we're talking? Yeah, I would say twenty. It's got to be more than days, right? Because um, you know, we've changed our time on the timeline right now. We're in eighteen instead of nineteen. Yeah, which we were two episodes before. We changed time when we had the crosshair episode. Um, it's it's got to be quite a while. I, it can't be twenty years though. That's too long. Months, maybe. Months, yeah, maybe. Months. Um, I thought I had a question of the week for this. Maybe I do. I just have it hidden somewhere. Um, I was gonna. I think the question of the week was uh. Nothing good. Nope, that's the wrong one. Where am I at? Okay. Episode 13. Here we go. Nope, I hadn't made a question. I made a question for the uh, for the Mandalorian, but not for, for this one yet. Um, but I mean, I guess it's, it's kind of obvious. The question is, is uh, you know, how long do you think the Bad Batch is going to stay on Pabu? That's what I was going to say. The the guess would be uh, how long do they stay? Do they stick around and help rebuild and stay for a while after that? Or do they just rebuild and go? Or do they even not stick around to rebuild? Yeah, I think they probably do as much as they can, but um, I, I'm going to be willing to bet that, like I said before, that um, someone's going to find them. Because um, yeah. we know there, there's several big players here that are actually looking for him. You know, we've got that um, that clone commando Scorch that's after him, you know, yeah. to do with um, Dr. Hemlock and stuff. And then, of course, we've got the uh, the other uh, um, big general guy um, that's always evil to for us. Admiral Rampart. Yep, him. And then, I of course... Think, uh, I think it'll be Crosshair. Of course, the Emperor's still around, too. He hasn't been killed yet. Yeah. So, I think that's the obvious question, and I think, uh, you know, 
Or like I said, uh, I think the, I think they're going to get found out. So they may, you know, get through building most of it, or it's going to be, you know, oh, you guys are on the path to, you know, just a few more weeks and you'll have everything done, and they're going to have to leave. Yeah. Uh, or we go back to Sid, you know, saying it's been twenty rotations and Sid tracks them down. Yeah, that's true. I didn't I didn't think about that too, but you know, it it's it's very possible that um since Crosshair is at the is captured at the cloning facility, it's also possible that Crosshair may try to reach out too. Oh true, true. Um, because he's like, you know, life or death situation right now, pretty much, right? Was, I, I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't think they're gonna help him at all or what, but I would, you know, it's a possibility, I think. Well, that's a really pl- plausible idea that uh, he reaches out and they go to rescue him and he he decides that he's no longer going to be by himself. He wants to be back with the batch. Yeah, it's going to take a lot of convincing for them to come out, though, since the way they've treated, he's treated them. But yeah, yeah. I, I can see that. I can see he at least contacts them or then maybe somebody traces the communication and finds the bad batch through that. I don't, I don't know. It could be that too. Much convincing for them to accept him back into the fold is what you think. I think Omega yeah. will. Omega will grease those wheels. Well, well, kind of like what I said. You know, um, they know that um, the uh, the Camoan doctor. Um, has a soft spot for Omega. Yep. So they're out for to try to find her. So, I, I, it's it's very possible. Like I said, he he tries to contact him, uh, maybe through Rex or something. I don't know what, but they eventually figure out where they're at. At least the cloning people, because they, she's actually pretty valuable, you know, because she is original DNA that hasn't been, um, you know, degraded. Yeah. She, she's original, just like Boba Fett, Boba was, um, True. uh, which makes her value, very valuable to, to cloning. people. um, but you know, we find out they make a Grogu. So maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, we got that. Uh, let's do this button. Oh, I pushed the other button. Stop it. Um, so we didn't really get any feedback. We did get feedback, but it's, uh, I think Scott playing around or somebody playing around. Um, but it says, uh, basically it says, I like that's, that's the only feedback that's there. Um, so, saying that, um, you can email us at feedback at kylejohansson.us. Go to the uh, website, and on the left, left-hand left side, there's a link for feedback. And uh, you can click that and fill out the form just like uh, this person here did that uh, sent us something. Uh, very brief feedback there they sent. Um, we don't care what it is. We prefer you have something we can discuss, but uh, anything helps. Hey, um, they said they liked. That's a positive. Yeah, could have been like Could have said like you. like you suck. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, we also have the question of the week, which we talked about uh, this week is, you know, how long does the Bad Batch stay on Pabu? Um, there is a comment section underneath the question where you can explain your answer or, you know, maybe your answer isn't on the list or whatever. You can say it uh, down there in the comments. Um, we're on Twitter at super underscore duper underscore pod. And, of course, these videos go up on YouTube. Um, and there's comments there. And I want to mention that um, Spotify now has uh, video also. And they allow comments and everything on their videos and everything, too. They have a new thing that's called Interact. Where uh, you can put comments in. You can... Uh, it says, if you have suggestions or contradic contradictions, please let us know. What do you think of this episode? So if you have comments based on that, um, there's also a section there for polls, too. Um, but I kind of want to keep the polls all in one place because YouTube has the same thing. I can put polls up there, too, but um, I don't want to maintain them in three places. I just want to maintain them in one place. So um, yeah. that's kind of what the website's there for. But um, for feedback, uh, we'll take it anywhere you can you can find that we can get feedback to, because um, we're we're desperate. Uh, <laughs> um, I do have a free free phone line that um, is a Google Voice phone line, but um, I'm not ready to to use that yet because um, just because. But uh, maybe in the future we can have voicemails or something like that too. Um, and you know, through the email, you can you can always send us a video uh, feedback if you want to, um, you know, or post something up on YouTube and send us a link to the to your comments or whatever. Whatever you've got to do, um, we'll take as much of that feedback as you can give us. Feedback. All right. So, anything else about the episode, uh, Rick? No. I think Getting close. Yeah, Close I think time. transitionary, and uh, I think we're going to start seeing some uh, some excitement, some good stuff. Yeah, like I said, the uh, next episode, 14, is Tipping Point. 15 and 16 come out on the same day, March 29th, and that's um, the Summit and Plan 99. See, I think um, next is going to be a teaser week. I think they're going to do something, and they're going to leave us hanging. And then, boom, we're going to have two episodes back-to-back. -back. There's just going to be go, 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 go. That's probably right. And then we'll have to wait and wait and wait. Yeah. Over a year, probably. Yeah. Um, so, I didn't mention it during the news or whatever, but um, they're, they're pretty much set that um, Ahsoka is going to be um, in the fall. Um, and we've got the uh, skeleton crew, possibly. They're not sure if it's going to be this year or next year. And then there's um, that one I told you about, the, the Acolyte. Oh, that yeah, one's yeah, supposed, yeah. To be, supposed to be coming out. And then there's the Young Jedis or whatever, I think is what they're called. Mm -hmm. That one's supposed to be. And that's, uh, that's one that they're going to release. Uh, I think I saw they just changed the date um, to... Um, April 26th, they're going to release all eight, eight episodes at one time. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's just going to be some, you know, one-off short stories kind of thing. It's not going to be a, 
you know, a, a serial series type of thing. So yeah, connected in a um, little bit. It could be. I don't know. It's just they don't normally release them all like that unless it's unless it's uh, individual episodes or whatever. But uh, there's quite a bit coming out, um, and uh, quite a bit going to be next year too. So um, I think next year is going to be crowded. There's going to be some stuff that we're going to have to wait more than a year before we get new episodes on. Yeah. Um, so uh, obviously, uh, the Mandalorian is their cash cow right now. So. Um, we'll probably see quite a bit of that next year, but you know, Bad Batch. I don't know. We had to wait two years last time, so and a lot of overlap between the Mandalorian and some other stuff, I imagine too, so that they can keep it kind of in the spotlight. Hey, man, I got to take off. So, yep, finish uh, up, and I'll catch we catch up guys later. Yep. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room podcast. Please visit our website where you can play current and past episodes. That's https colon backslash backslash r-a-b-r kyledrickinson.us That's r-a-b-r dot k-a-i-l-e-j-o-h-a-n-s-e-n dot u-s On the left hand side is a navigation menu. You can use this to learn how to load the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room podcast on your Android or Apple phone and tablet. And we have direct links to our podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts. Please participate by connecting to our social media, answering questions of the week, or submitting feedback directly from the site. Again, all of these are available at the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room website at rabr.kailejohanse.us. This podcast in no way is approved, sponsored, or owned by Lucasfilms LTD, Disney, Disney Plus, or any of its subsidiaries. All opinions are solely owned by Kyle and or Scott, and in no way express the views or opinions of their past or present employers. Views and opinions are not supported or restricted by Lucasfilms LTD, Disney, Disney Plus, or any of its subsidiaries. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or any or other use of this podcast and its affiliate sites without consent of Super Duper Podcast Network and its host is prohibited. It is. I am Kyle Jordan Hansen, and this is Andrew Scott Sutton. Say goodbye now. Goodbye. No, Andrew, and you saw Rick uh, split real quick there. He's got to go take somebody to the airport, I think, so. Uh, we're going to call it a day. Thanks.